Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your great love. God, we thank you that your love never gives up on us, Father. No matter what we've done, no matter what we do, no matter where we go, no matter where we've been, your love never has given up and will never give up on us. And so, Father, I pray this morning that you will continue to move in our midst, that you will move in our hearts, God, that you will open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity. Lord, that you will open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts, that you will open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us this morning. And we pray all this with expectation in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ariana. Thank you. Great job. Amen. Amen. I always love her being able to join us on Sunday mornings and, and uh, you... You enhance our worship, so thank you so much. As I shared earlier, David and Lorraine are gone this weekend. Everybody needs a weekend off, right? And they'll be back. They'll be back next week. And uh, you know, I was really excited because I could hear you singing back here behind the drums. I never get to hear you singing, but I could hear you singing today, and that was so awesome. So that was a blessing to me. At this time, I'd like to release the Warrior Youth. You guys are released to go back. <laughs> This week, I'm starting a new series. It's called 442 is for You. And I'm not going to get too much into this series today. What I want to talk about are the results from the survey that we took seven weeks ago. If you're visiting with us, I'm sorry, this is a little different service than we normally have, but I know there's something in it for you as well. But uh, about seven weeks ago, we took a survey as a church to find out where we are, look at our strengths and look at some of our weaknesses and where do we need to grow and what are some of the things that I may need to focus on or we may need to focus on as a church. We took the survey and after compiling results from hundreds of churches and thousands of individuals that have been given the survey, Dr. Cozy, the guy that helped us out with that, discovered this one thing that the churches that are most effective in reaching out to the lost in, in their communities are the churches that emphasize having an intimate relationship with Christ. And I was at a meeting, and when he said that, I almost jumped out of my chair because you know our mission statement is that we, that we all come into a deep, intimate, personal relationship with the Lord. In fact, let's recite our mission statement. You guys know it? To develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And so everything that we do, starting in the children's ministry through adults, is to drive us to a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him. And it's through a real and honest, transparent relationship with God that our lives are changed. Because whenever we encounter Him, we are changed. God works through those of us that are passionate about God and demonstrate that love of God. Because listen, it's not about just simply a religious exercise. It becomes part of our heart. It becomes something that we're really passionate about doing. And so that's naturally going to flow out of our lives. And that's what it's all about, guys. Jesus didn't come to bring religion. He came to bring humanity into relationship with him. And we have a tremendous opportunity. Every one of us know people that need the Lord. And the, the benefit of that is, is also that we're growing. Is anybody growing here spiritually? I know that you are. I know that, I know that, it, that God is doing amazing things in our midst, in our lives. And he's bringing health and healing and wholeness to us in areas. Listen, guys, we all have areas of brokenness. All of us do. 
And this is not a self-help church. This is Jesus. I need your help because I've tried to do it on my own, and I can't. So I need your help. Let's go to John 10.10. This is a familiar passage of Scripture. I'm not going to use as many scriptures today as I normally do because I want to talk about some statistics that uh, impact the church and life fellowship. John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, Jesus said, is to give them, you, me, everyone, a rich and satisfying life. That's God's plan, is that we all walk in the fullness that Christ came to give, that he died on the cross for forgiveness of all of our sins but also that we would live eternally with him. But in between those two things are the, the life that we live now. Are we living the abundant life? Are we walking in victory? Uh, do we have peace, joy, strength, encouragement? Are, are those things resident in our lives? Do we have the fruit of the Spirit within us? As I was thinking about this sermon today, I, I was thinking about the challenges that I see in, in all of our lives as we all face as humans. And I'm more convinced than ever that our relationship with God is vital to living a healthy, vibrant, fulfilling life. Listen, guys, we need him in our life. And as our lives are changed, as we give our life and submit our lives to God, our lives are changed. And, you know, there's no better way to impact other people than to live what we say we believe. And for others to see the change. Listen, some of us have been rascals. And so people have seen change in our life. You know what I'm talking about. And they're like, man, something's different with you. I've seen a transformation in your life over the years or months or whatever. And so it gives us a great opportunity to share the hope of Christ. And there's nothing quite as impacting as people seeing our lives changed. And as our lives are changed, then we have a passion and desire to share that love with others. Because we know where we've come from. Some of us do. I know. I know where I've come from. It's not about sharing a religious experience. It's about sharing a relational experience that we are living out, that we are a part of, where God is transforming our life on a daily basis. And so let's go to the core scripture that we've been talking about for several months now. It's Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority. How much authority? All. In heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and what? Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what else do we need to do? We need to teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that he's given us. And we can be sure of this. He's with us always, even to the end of the age. And so Jesus gave us a command, and he said, become disciples, and then go and make more disciples and teach them. And so that's why we're so intent on teaching the word here, all of it so that we're equipped and trained and we know the Word of God so that we can go share the Word of God with those around us. I want to talk about some of the results from the survey we took seven weeks ago. I want to thank all of you that participated in that. A good number of you took that survey. I really appreciate that because we, well, I've heard it said, put this way, in business and maybe the company you work for, they, they set goals and you have things that you, uh, measurements that you have to meet. Well, in order to have goals, you really need a way to measure those. If you don't have a way to measure against your goals, how can you really know if you're meeting those goals? And so it's important that we have some kind of mechanism to know how we're doing. And we know that we have the Word of God, and so we can compare ourselves against the Word of God. The, the Word says that we're to love one another. Are we loving one another? The Word says that we're to forgive one another. Are we forgiving one another? 
you know, those kinds of things. But this survey pointed out some things, and let me tell you, I was very, very pleased at what I saw. I was very excited. I'm still excited, can you tell? (laughs) But I was very pleased at the results that I saw. And I was not looking for a 10 out of 10 on everything. Because that's not reality. We all have areas of, in our lives that we need to grow in or, or we have stre- strengths and we also have weaknesses. And so I wasn't looking for a 10 out of 10 on everything. And I, what I was looking for is for you to be honest and just transparent, okay? Let's just answer the questions honestly. And that's what I think we did. As a body, Life Fellowship has areas that are very strong and there are also some areas that we can improve on. But that's true of any of us in any situation, right? Don't you hear that from your boss? Well, you're doing good in this area, but uh, you need to work on this. And, and that's the truth, that all of us have areas that we need to work on. My first point this morning is most church growth comes from transferred growth. And what that simply means is that most churches are growing not because they're reaching their community, but because this person moves over to this church and, and this person from over here comes. And so much most church growth is from transferred growth. And it just simply means that people are moving from one church to another. So the, the number of people connecting with the Lord or getting saved really is not changing because it's like moving uh, pieces around on a chessboard. You still have the same number of pieces. You're not adding to that. Another way of looking at this is most churches are only seeing a small number of people come to the Lord, if any. Now, what did we just read in Matthew 28? Jesus said, go and make disciples. He didn't say just transfer, you know, just go around from church to church. But he said, go out and impact the world. Make a difference. Reach out to those who don't know me. Go and make disciples. The average church growth in America, and this is evangelical churches, I believe, that are, are intent on reaching out, the average church growth is 2 to 5% of reaching unsaved people. Now, I'm not going to tell you yet, but what do you think? And, and if I've already told you, don't answer. But what do you think the, the, uh, the growth rate for Life Fellowship is? You think it's about the same? You think it's higher? Higher? Any guesses? Six? Seven percent? Okay. All right. Well, that would be good, right? I mean, that, that's, above, that's above the average. The average church in America sees two to five percent of growth that comes from individuals receiving the Lord. And I think really from some of the data I've read that it's really more like the two or less. It's down toward the bottom of that scale. In other words, the average church in America sees 95 to 8% of its growth coming from people that left one church and went to another church. That's where most of the growth is coming from. The most exciting result for me was that Life Fellowship is well above that average. And where most churches are 2 to 5%, the growth rate for Life Fellowship is about 35%. Listen, guys, if, if we're just going to be a social club, what's the point? God didn't call us to be a social club. He said, go out and impact the nations and get people saved. So 35, and, and looking at the results, and it, again, if you're visiting with us today, I'm, I'm kind of sorry that we're talking all, all about Life Fellowship, but it should inspire you to go out and make a difference. But about 35% of the current Life Fellowship family has committed or recommitted their life to the Lord through attending Life Fellowship or one of the ministries here or through one of you. 
And so that's, that's really exciting. So my first point is most church growth comes from transferred growth. My second point is reaching the lost it expands the kingdom of God. And that's what Jesus was all about. He was about expanding the kingdom of God, that people would come into a, an intimate relationship with the Lord. And we have such a great opportunity to reshape the landscape of our culture and make a difference in the world. I know what a difference the Lord has made in my life, and it's inspired me to continue to allow him access into my life and to download and then to be able to share that with people. Listen, I didn't just start sharing the love of Christ when I became a pastor. It happened a long time before that because it's been, one, it's something that the Lord commands us to do. He says, go and make disciples, but also it's a passion of mine. Because I know what the Lord has done in my life, and I see people that are struggling and fighting and going through all kinds of stuff, some of the same stuff that I've struggled with. And and I've said, listen, there's a better way. You don't have to fight through all this. And I know what God has done in my life. And so I'm passionate about sharing the love of Christ with others because I know what it's done for me. I want to share uh, some results from Life Fellowship. Over the five years that we've been in existence, there have been 67 people that have been saved through this church. Now, those are the ones that are in the sanctuary, and you know that at the end of the service, I I usually say, you know, if you want to receive the Lord, raise your hand. Those are the people that I know of. There could be a lot more people that don't really respond. They pray the prayer silently. That doesn't include children's ministry and student ministry. So that's just over the, uh, the five years. So that's probably a pretty conservative number because we don't know. Um, the word says that some plant some water and some bring to fruition salvation. So we may be planting seeds that, that show up in somebody's life later down the road. I mean, it's, it's all good. So the word says it will not return void without accomplishing what it was sent to do. So as we teach the word of God, the word of God is doing something in our lives. And we may not even know it. But it doesn't matter. The truth is, God's Word says that it does something in us. And so that's why we're intent on teaching the Word of God, because it does something in our life. So we've had 50, or 67 people come to the Lord over five years. In 2012, we had 20 people get saved. In 2013, we had 22 people get saved. That we know of, okay, it's probably more than that. In 2014, we are already at 14. So we're on track to meet what we've been doing all along. God's love is life-changing. God's love is life-giving, and that's why we share it. The results from the survey also said of those 67 individuals that have come to know the Lord through Life Fellowship, the ministries here, 35 are still here. I think, that's a, I think that's a great sign. That's good news. This tells me three things, at least three things. The Lord is using Life Fellowship in reaching the lostness in our community and in some of the church plant circles, they talk about reducing the lostness in our community. So what that means is bringing people to the Lord, reducing the number of lost people, the number of people that don't have a relationship with the Lord. So the Lord is using this church in a mighty way. I mean, 35%, that's way above the, the standard church. I mean, guys, it's something to celebrate and be excited about. I mean, it's important to those 67 people that have received the Lord, Right? All right, so the Lord is using Life Fellowship in reaching the lost in our community. The other thing it shows me is that many of those new believers are staying plugged in here. I cannot emphasize how important the local church is to find a church and get plugged in. 
because that's where you're going to get spiritual food. That's where you're going to be connected with other believers. One of the dangers that we face as Christians is isolating ourselves. And if you think about animals, the lion or the, the hyenas or the coyotes or whatever, if they can isolate an animal, they're history, man. And so there's a protective covering as we meet together and as we're connected together as the body of Christ. I don't know how many people I've seen that have, well, I've seen people come through here. They'll come on a Sunday morning, receive the Lord, and then you never see them again. Hopefully, they found a church and gotten plugged in. But I've seen other people that, that I know, they just fall away. They get trapped in the same struggles that they've been struggling with. Listen, committing our life to Christ is not like a booster shot and, and a one fix. And a lot of people, they get into a jam, and then they, they cry out to God, and then God helps them. And then, they're like, okay, God, I'm done with you. I'm good now. And they go back to the same stuff. And, and it's just a, a cycle that happens over and over and over again. Maybe some of you have experienced that. And until somebody says, wait a minute, let's stop this foolishness. This is crazy. And so if God doesn't break the chain, then we stay bound up, guys. And so that's why we talk about being committed and uh, being faithful to the Lord because we need it on a daily basis. Uh, many of the believers, the new believers that have gotten saved here are still plugged in here, and it's so important. We provide Bible study on Wednesday and Sunday morning. We're giving you the Word of God. I'm hoping that you'll pray and spend time reading the Word of God during the week. The fact is a lot of us aren't. So at least come on Wednesday night and Sunday morning, okay? Get the Word of God in you and continue to come. The local church is vital, vital to our growth. The third thing it shows me is that we are fulfilling the great commission of making disciples. Come on. We've talked about this, how important it is to obey. The key to your life, it says in Deuteronomy 30, 20, is to love God, obey God, and commit firmly to Him. And the blessings of God follow obedience. When we obey, you see that time and time and time again in the Bible. You've probably seen it in your own life. When we obey God, the blessings of God flow into our lives. Uh, so people are getting saved through attending services and through the ministries at Life Fellowship and through you, you guys leading others to Christ. Now, when I think about the warmth and friendliness of this church, I think it is exceptional. And Cliff and the team are out there waving at people. Listen, they may not stop in to Life Fellowship, but it may encourage them. They may go to another church, and they may be on their way to church. How many of you have been, to been on your way to church and had a fight with the husband or the wife or the kids, and you're all out of sorts, and, you know, and so maybe they're on their way to church, and they see somebody wave, and it's just like, oh, you know, I just need to chill out a little bit. Or maybe they'll pull in the parking lot. We've had people pull in the parking lot and get saved. Receive the Lord here. I mean, come on. So whatever it is you're doing has an impact on others. Your serving here at Life Fellowship is important. We have people that put out the banners on the roads. Thousands of cars drive by and see those banners. And hopefully they'll come to Life Fellowship, but what if they go to another church and get saved? Praise God. We're about building the kingdom of God. It's not just about building our own kingdom. We're not interested in that. Sure, we're growing, and we want to continue to grow because I think it's clear the Lord is here, and the Lord is doing something amazing. So we want to continue to reach out. But the things that we're doing, the things that you're doing that you think are not impacting other people, they are. The women that come up and clean on Thursdays, it has an impact. 
the teachers back there that are teaching our children, the, the greeters, the cafe team, everybody is working together, and God is doing something in our community because he's doing something in our lives, and it's flowing out to the community around us. And it blesses me to know that God is working through our lives to make a huge impact. Guys, I want you to be so passionate. I want you to have that kind of passion and love to reach out to your neighbors and those around you that don't have a relationship with the Lord. I want to give you some more results from the the survey. It indicated that 97% of Life Fellowship, or the people that took the, the survey, have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's awesome. 35% of the current attendees accepted Christ through a ministry or an individual of Life Fellowship. We've already talked about that. That's amazing to me. 94% believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's important, that we know the Word of God. Um, 93% believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. You know, that's what the Bible teaches. There are churches that are teaching all kinds of stuff out there. There are people that believe all kinds of things. Well, you know, all roads lead to heaven. No. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so it's only through Christ that we're saved. So 93% of us believe that he is the only way to heaven. Uh, 96% believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. That's important. Listen, that is our standard. If, if we don't believe the word of God, and there are churches that will pick, cherry pick. Oh, well, we're going to teach on this, and we're going to teach on that, and we're, we're going to teach on the things that people like to hear. Listen, we're going to teach you all the word of God and because it's important. One day, the Bible says that I'm going to be held accountable. I'm going to stand before God and be accountable for you. So I'm going to make sure we're teaching you the word of God. And we want you to know the truth of God. Uh, Here's a couple more results. 96% of Life Fellowship believe Jesus can forgive anyone from all sins. That's good news. We talk about that a lot, how that God's love is not performance-based like our job is, but it's grace-based. Grace means unmerited favor. We don't deserve it. But God just loves us so much. He pours out his grace on us. He pours out his love on us. And so 96% of us believe Jesus can forgive anyone from all sin. And that's the truth. Now, we may have judgmental biases about, oh, well, God can't save. Listen, God can save anyone. God can forgive anyone for their sins. That's great news. That's real good news for some of us. (laughs) But God has saved us. There's nothing that we can do to earn his unmerited favor or grace And we can't be bad enough to be disqualified. That's good news for some of us guys. Now, here's something that I found was really interesting because 96% believe Jesus can forgive anyone from all sin, but 71% are certain they would go to heaven if they were to die today. So 29% are not sure that they would go to heaven if they were to die today. I didn't really understand, and I'm still praying about this and trying to process this, but if, if we believe generally that Jesus can forgive anyone for all of our sins, but 30% of us are not sure that we would go to heaven, that's something that we need to talk about. Because we need to talk about the completeness of Christ's death on the cross. I think we get that. But how is it that we can believe that Jesus can forgive everyone else of all their sins, but maybe we're thinking, well, maybe he can't forgive me. Why? You know, there's something there. And so let me be clear today that our eternal salvation is secure because it's not based on our performance again. 
It's based on the, the covenant that God has made with us. And whenever we have communion, we talk about the blood that represents the covenant that God made with us. Now, I can lose my wallet. I can lose a $20 bill. I can lose my watch or whatever, but I cannot lose my salvation. And it's important that we understand that. Jesus didn't just die on the cross for those other people and save them. He saved us. He saved me. We need to have that understanding. It concerns me that 30% of us aren't secure about our salvation. So these are things that I'm learning about us as a church so I can go back and teach on those things. So we can clear those things up. There's no need to be concerned about that. When we give our life to Christ, we're saved. Okay? Going on here, 83% attend Life Fellowship three or more times. That's what you guys said. So that's good. 83% of Life Fellowship believe Sunday morning services are impacting their life. That's good. Um, here's something that caught my attention. It says 66% of Life Fellowship believe Sunday morning services are equipping them spiritually. So that means one-third of you don't feel like you're being equipped spiritually. Okay, well, that's not the number I would like to see. I'd like to see that 99%, right? But what that tells me is, okay, we need to be more intentional in equipping you. Okay, so that's going to drive some of the things that we'll be talking about in the future. In fact, starting next week. <laughs> These are good things to know. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Well, I'm glad to see some of these deficits showing up, well, I'm not glad, let me rephrase that. I'm not glad they're showing up, but I'm glad that we're seeing them because that helps me to help us. That's why it's so important that you guys were honest and transparent. How many times does somebody ask you, how are you feeling today? And you feel terrible. And, oh, I feel great. We need to be honest with God, one, and be honest with ourselves and, and be honest with me. So I appreciate the fact that a third of you don't feel like you're being equipped. So we're going to be focusing on that because that's important. 86% of Life Fellowship believes Sunday mornings are inspiring them to love people in their community. Man, that's a great, great response because that's what it's all about. I was talking with Jason and Lewis earlier this morning, and they were talking about, we were talking about how to impact our community. Listen, we can go and argue theology and, and beat people over the head with a 10-pound Bible all day long, but if we love people, that's much more impacting. It's not as much about being right as showing them the light, and as we love people, we've all heard terrible stories about people that are Christians that do atrocious things. I told you a story about AJ and he had a neighbor that would go to church every Sunday and flip him off on the way to church. <laughs> now, that's a powerful testimony. Hey, I want to go to their church. I mean, come on. Listen, we need to be living it. We need to be loving people. And I know we all have challenges, and there are all kinds of people in our lives that God places in our path, but we need him to download into us. We need the love of God in us to be able to pour to those other people. Because given our own devices and strengths, we probably couldn't. But it's through the love of God. And when we realize where we've come from and the grace, the unmerited favor that God has shown to us, maybe we'll be a little more loving towards someone else. Because I can almost guarantee you, when someone is difficult to get along with, if you could look, if you could get past the crustiness and look into their heart, you probably see a very hurting, wounded person. Can we 
put our own emotions aside for a few minutes and just focus on them and say, you know what, you're, you're really hurting. Rather than respond back like most of us do, you get in my face, I'm getting right back in your face. Wait a minute. There's a reason. There's something going on there. Can we pray for them? Yeah, we can. Can we continue to love them? I'm not saying be a doormat. I'm not saying that at all. But there's a reason. There's a systemic problem probably in their lives that's causing them to act that way. And I've seen it over and over again where people are crusty and hard and it's just a wall because maybe due to rejection or or whatever it may be. So we need to reach out to people and love them. 49% of Life Fellowship are serving in an area of ministry. Now, I was kind of surprised at this because I actually thought it was more than that. But I know that we're needing help in children's ministry for more teachers. And so this is probably, I mean, it's right on. This is what the survey says. This is what you say. So, so we're wanting to increase the number of people that are serving. And let me pause here for a moment because we talk about our mission statement, develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Christ. When we serve, that's where we really begin to grow. And that's where we get a lot of satisfaction from because we're actually pouring into other people's lives. If you're teaching in children's ministry, you get to see the benefit of that. And the word says it's better to give than receive. And, and how many times have you given something and you feel so good about it? You're like, ah, oh, man, that was really cool that I was able to bless somebody. What greater thing could there be than to give eternal life and give hope and help one another grow? I mean, that's an amazing thing to think that the things that we're giving and sharing have an eternal effect. They have an effect now, an impact now, but also eternally. So 49% of Life Fellowship is serving in the area of ministry. I want to encourage you to come to the membership class tonight. And some of the positions, like in teaching the children, we require that you become a member to do that. And so I'm hoping that after tonight, we'll have some more people that are ready and willing to serve. And I know many of you are. Many of you are. And let me tell you again, you are so appreciated. I thank you for your service. And it's making a difference because 35% of the people that come into this building are going to probably find the Lord. That's powerful. That's awesome. And so standing out there waving at the street, cleaning, serving, whatever you're doing, it is impacting the community. Also, of these 50% of people that are serving in an area of ministry, 75% of those serving feel that it's helping them to grow in their spiritual walk. Literally, it will help you grow in your spiritual walk as you serve. 39% of Life Fellowship believe they are confident in what their giftings are. So this was another area for me, a red light. That means 61% of us are not sure of our giftings. So that's something that we probably need to teach on. I know Pastor Christine, a couple of years ago, a Bible study, did a teaching about the giftings, the different giftings, and she gave a survey. And uh, we were able to identify through that survey, kind of help people identify what their strengths are, what their giftings are. And so maybe we need to do something like that again because it's important you know what your giftings are, what God has called you to do so you can get trained up and equipped and begin to use those giftings. So that's another area. Uh, Last week I taught on tithing. And seven weeks ago the results said that 63% of us are tithing or giving. We talked about tithing last week uh, where that's giving 10% of our increase. It's giving it back to God, really. That's what God says. I'm giving you everything, and what I'm asking back is 10% back. So 63% of us seven weeks ago are giving a tithe to the Lord. Now, hopefully after last week, hopefully that's going to go up, right? Let's see, 48% of us 
are prioritizing our time, talents, and treasures and relationship in a manner that honors God. So what that really means is 48% of us are really attempting to live what we say we believe and make a difference, that our lives will honor God in all that we do. And hopefully all of us are doing that. Listen, we're all at different stages. Is anybody here perfect? And has anybody arrived? No, I didn't think so. None of us have. And so we're all a work in progress, and that's okay. That's fine. You, you know, God created us individually. And the great thing about God is he loves us just like we are. But he wants us to grow in our relationship with him. That's what he really wants to see happen. But he loves us as we are. Let's go to the next slide. And the average number of people... Now, here's something else that got my attention. The average number of people making friends with an unsafe person in the church is 2%. So 2% of the people in churches today are reaching out to an unsaved person. And here, here was something that I was surprised at. At Life Fellowship, basically, we are not. We are not reaching out to unsaved people. I know. Now, some of you are. Some of us are. I know that. But in general, the overall numbers show that we're not doing very well in that and reaching out to our community. What this says is that we're not intentional in making relationships with nonbelievers. That's what that, this really means. And so we'll be talking about that over the next few weeks. Now, the numbers show that if we get an unsaved individual here at Life Fellowship, there's a good possibility they'll come to the Lord. That's exceptional. But God desires to reach people, and he's choosing to use life fellowship in a powerful way. And you guys are exceptional, exceptional in making people feel warm and welcomed here. When people come into this building, I talk to all the guests that I can. I ask them, were you warmly greeted? And 99% of the, well, I, I can't think of one person that has said that they weren't warmly greeted. Most guests comment on the warmth and friendliness. That's you guys, making people feel welcome to come in here because maybe that will open them up, allow them to be at peace and comfort to receive the Lord. That's important. Have you ever gone to a church where people, nobody said anything to you and people were rude? How, how open were you to the things of God at that point? Oh, God was mean to me. I'm not, you can't enter into worship or whatever it may be. You walk up to the church and it's filthy, dirty, and you're thinking, I don't know if I want to put Junior back in the nursery back there. All the things that we do have an impact. And so what we want to do is provide an environment where someone can come in and just receive the things that the Lord has for them. What we're doing is we're just providing a venue for that. We're providing a way for them to be able to receive that. It's up to the Holy Spirit to do that work. But listen, we can be prepared and we can help prepare a home for them to come in where they feel warm and welcome and safe and secure. And they're not mad at somebody at church just from walking in the door that somebody cut them off in the parking lot or whatever. Listen, so those kinds of things are really important. Let's go to Matthew 5, 15 and 16. No one lights a lamp and then places it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. The word says that we are the light of God. We are the light of Christ. So we are to shine like a beacon, like a lighthouse in the night. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What are people saying about you? Do they know you're a Christian? What do they say about you? Are you living it? Are you making an impact? 
Is your life drawing people to Christ? Or is it turning them off? Have you ever known Christians that, man, they're just like repulsive or they're really not drawing people to Christ? It's like, can you just be quiet, please? Don't tell them you're a Christian. What are we doing? We have a great opportunity. Let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. So my first point this morning is most churches grow from transferred growth, just moving pieces around, people around. My second point is reaching the lost expands the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus was all about. That's what we are all about, is expanding the kingdom of God so that others come to Christ. Becoming disciples, committed followers of Christ, but also going and making disciples, teaching them all the commands that Jesus taught us. My third point this morning is most people visit a church because someone invited them. That's the number one reason people will come to a church. Now, putting the banners out and all those kinds of things are good, and we get a lot of uh, visitors from that, but the number one reason is because someone invited them. Many of you are here today because a neighbor or friend or coworker or somebody invited you. Your invitation may be the key to saving someone's life. I shared last week, uh, was it last week or the week before, about a lady that's been coming here and she was ready to give it up. She was ready to commit suicide. She was a 12-year-old child. How desperate was she? You know that she had to be desperate. She walked in the doors and she felt the love of God. So you may literally be used by God to save someone's life physically. Certainly spiritually. There are people that are lost that don't have a relationship with the Lord. There have been people that have come that God has used his word and this church and the ministries to, to heal their marriage, to save their marriage. There are children back there in our children's ministry that come from broken homes that need to see some stability. They need to see good, healthy, godly marriages that may be so hurt and wounded that they come here and, and they experience the love of God where their heart is being healed because maybe they've been abandoned or rejected by their parents or whatever it may be. Guys, the things that God is doing here and the things that we do are important to life. It's not just about selling another car at the car dealership. It's not about, you know, meeting our goal at our job. This is real-life stuff that impacts people's lives for all of eternity. It it impacts lives for generations to come. Your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren that will never know you are influenced by the decisions that you make and how you train up your children that will train their children, and it just goes on and on and on. So the things that we do are important. And there's a whole community of people out there that do not know the Lord. We live in a highly unchurched area. You come in contact with people every day, every week, that are despondent and desperate, maybe like this lady that was ready to give up. And it could be the hope of Christ. The love of God that you share with them that will change your life. I can't emphasize this enough. And if we don't have the passion and the fire and desire to do that, we're missing opportunities. And I can't make you have that. All I can do is encourage you in that and say, pray and ask God to give you that kind of heart. Will you reach out to those people? 
that God places in your path. It's a choice you make every day. You can say, I'm too busy. I don't have time to deal with that. I don't want to mess with that. It's a choice you make. But sometimes we only have one opportunity. And I'm not talking about you preaching to people. I'm just saying love people. Point them to Christ. Be an example that they can look at. Share the word of God with them. Come to Bible study. Come on Sunday morning so you know the word of God, so you can dispel the lies that they're buying. Jesus came to give all of us an abundant life. And there are so many people that are living a marginal life, even Christians. You work with Christians that don't know the truth, maybe, that aren't walking in the fullness of God. There are people, there are 30 30, almost 30% of the people coming to this church, which is amazing to me, that felt like if they were to die today, they don't know if they'd go to heaven. Listen, if you've accepted Christ, your salvation is secure. You need to understand that. My final thing I want to ask you this morning is, will you pray and ask the Lord who you can invite to Life Fellowship? Just throughout the week, just say, God, who is it that I can invite to this church? Because I know that if they don't have a relationship with you, I can help them. We can help them as a church. We can love them. And there are a lot of people that won't step foot in churches because they've been burned or what they've seen, or what they've experienced. And those, those are terrible things. Well, listen, I've had a bad steak before, but I'm not going to quit eating steak because I've had a bad steak. There are people out there that need the love of Christ that's in you, that's in me. I'm asking you this week to pray about who it is that you can invite and begin to invite them. It can impact children and adults, families. It, it can impact marriages and homes. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, there's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive not come into a relationship with him today. Maybe you had one at one point in time and you walked away. Maybe you've, you've never had one. If that's you, if God is speaking to your heart, would you just slip up your hand? I, want, I just want to pray with you where you are. God loves you. God wants to pour into you. He wants to give you a fresh start. I think I saw one hand raised, so let's just pray this prayer. You can pray it silently or out loud if you want. But the, the key thing is that you pray and you mean this from your heart. God is wanting to give you a new start today. So pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, let's just all pray it out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I repent of my sins. I ask for your total forgiveness from all sins. I thank you, God, that the death of Christ was more than sufficient for forgiveness for all of my sins. And I thank you for this new life. And I leave all those sins, all that shame, all that fear, all that anger, all that unforgiveness, all that stuff at the cross. Today is a new day, and I walk in the liberty and freedom 
of knowing that today I am made new. All old things are gone. And I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. I want to pray one more prayer. I want to pray for this lady. God, I pray your fire, the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit would wash over her and that she would begin to hear your small, still voice in greater measure and that she would see you do amazing things in her midst, God. That she would know without a doubt that it's you. So, Father, I pray that you would fill her to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. And I pray all these things in the all-powerful, the almighty name of Jesus. Amen. As we go from this place this week, again, I want to challenge you to pray. Pray for people. Pray for those that you're to invite to come here. And also just pray for people. When you see your boss walking by, pray for them. Pray that they get blessed. Pray that you'll be blessed. Pray that you'll be a blessing to them. Don't miss the opportunities that God places in your path this week to make a difference in the world around you. Will you do that? Thank you for being here. I hope to see you here at 5 o'clock. You're dismissed. Go out and live it.